Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm really excited for today's guest, who's a little bit of a different cup of tea than what we've had on the show before, but I am joined by James Barry, who has had 16 plus years in the culinary field and started as a private chef cooking for celebrities such as Tom Cruise, Mariska Haggerty, George Clooney, Gerard uh, Butler, Sean Puff Daddy Combs, and more. And most recently, he's launched his first functional food product called Pluck, an organ-based all-purpose seasoning, which I've had the pleasure of trying. We'll talk about that. And it's the first in of its kind, and I would absolutely agree with that. Very delicious, all the things, and helps people get organ meats into their diet. So, James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Alex. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. you're here. Um, so we'll we'll talk about organ meat and why it's so great, and my gag reflex tendencies whenever I try to eat it. So, which is part of why I'm really excited about what you've created because I don't have to gag anymore. But um, first, I'd just love to hear. You know, you've gone from obviously having one kind of life, you know, cooking for celebrities and whatnot, and now you're more in the the health world. So just kind of share with us a little bit about how that transitions come about. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this the other day. Do you remember that that maybe I'm a little older than you, but that TV show Three's Company, did you ever see that yeah, show? Yeah. Okay. So I, I was just reflecting, I think just yesterday about how I, I really enjoyed that show. It was kind of at that point in my life where I just really enjoyed the comedy on it. But I remember the character of Jack, who John Ritter played, he was a chef. And and I remember that that was part, I, I, I used to think it was just the comedy I was attracted to, but I remember just recently that it was the fact that he was a chef that really interested me. And I loved the scenes where sometimes they would show him like making food from scratch. Like I remember him making pasta and I, it just, it just reminded me of how much I, I really loved cooking as a kid. And I, and I think I, I'm not sure why, but for some reason I didn't see it as a career and it took, it took nine 11 happening, you know, the Pearl Harbor of our generation. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it took 9-11 happening for me to be like, you know what? I need to reevaluate my life and focus on only the things that bring me joy and that have heart. And um, cooking was one of those things. And so I decided then and there to work on saving the money to go to culinary school. I went to a school in New York. I knew I didn't want to be a restaurant chef. I specifically wanted a private chef. And this school specialized or kind of was known for that. And so um, I, I went to that school and, and entered this whole new chapter of my life where it was just like a perfect uh, spiritual blend of like where work came to me. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just, it was almost like I, I, I found that little sweet spot of like, oh, my life's mission and, and my, my, 
life just coincided. The mission, I guess, it's spirituality and life just coincided. And um, I started building this amazing resume and, and got all this amazing experience. And, um, and I was very much new to the industry. So it's kind of incredible. Awesome. Uh, what you just reminded me of, and I bring this book up at least, you know, once every other episode, but there's a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't know if you've ever read it, but he talks about our zone of genius. And it sounds like you were able to tap into that because that's the place where like, you know, we just thrive and time stands still and we're just like loving life and enjoying it and all that. So it sounds like you really hit the nail on the head with what that is for you. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with Abraham? Um, or even just the laws of attraction, right? I mean, yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. I think there was that back in the day, there was that um, they took they took Abraham's teachings and they made a whole movement around it. I'm now forgetting the name, but it's it's all about the laws of attraction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I think like that is very much not only the path I got on, but even how I what do I focus on now? It's all about energy. It's it's like energy and, you know, intelligence, it's like that connecting the heart and the mind together. And, and um, I, I really do believe that that joy, you have to be in the joy to get it back, like to, to, to be of service to others, but then to get it back. And then if you're in a kind of a, a darker or kind of more um, unhappy place, then it's really hard to attract joy i mean you, you know the energy you're in is what you're gonna what you're gonna attract so I, I really do believe that yeah absolutely i didn't actually share this before we hit record but i'm currently in a phd program in integrative and natural medicine that's based in quantum physics so it starts getting into you know scientifically how we can actually explain energy and and consciousness and connection and all this stuff, which is, is really cool, but I won't bore my listeners with that again. <laughs> I talk about it all the time. So, so awesome. So, you know, I'm excited to just pick your brain, you know, from busy mom standpoint, from also health standpoint, because I know you have kind of moved into this focus with pluck on organ meats. So let's maybe dive into like, why are organ meats important? You know, yeah particular like well let's talk about some of this stuff yeah i mean liver in particular is like the superstar of the organs you know when we think of organs really we tend to only think of like the liver the heart and the kidney those are like the top three that people tend to think of organs but really um the other word for it is called awful o-f-f-a-l which is a perfect name right because that's (laughs) what people associate it tasting like but um but awful refers to basically everything that's a part of the animal except for the muscle and the bone so awful is considered bone marrow but not bone if that makes sense um so you know that includes things like um stomach lining uh intestines testicles ovaries brain um spleen lungs uh tongue, lips, skin, tail, blood, you know, so it, it really encompasses a lot. And, and, and what I like to simplify that as is just nose to tail eating. And when you look at our ancestors, they ate so much more nose to tail than we do today in modern society. And yet in modern society, we have more chronic disease. And some people can argue, oh, well, that's because we can identify more chronic disease. And that's, it's like, not necessarily. No, we, we genuinely have, this is now the first time ever where 
children are expected to die before their parents. We have chronic disease. And I look at that as, you know, cause I'm, I focus on food, right? That's, that is my medicine. Food is my medicine. And so I look at what are we putting in our diet? We're not putting in enough nose to tail. When I say our ancestors, most people are thinking like paleolithic ancestors, right? I'm just talking our grandparents, <laughs> right? I mean, in, in, for some of us, you know, that are older, our parents, like I'm talking that not, not very long ago, they were eating. I mean, I talked to my mom. Um, she grew up in Brooklyn. I think she was born in like 45, 46. And, and they used to have liver and onions. They, she's eaten brain before. I mean, she's eaten all these parts of the animal that I never got exposed to as a kid. When they used to go to get poultry, when they used to go get like, like a chicken, they would go to the poultry market in Brooklyn, New York, and they would pick a live chicken and say, we'll take that one. And then they would come back in an hour, an hour and a half, and they would have a warm carcass ready, you know, to go cook. I mean, it was, there was such a more tangible relationship to the food that we eat and put in our body and, and to where it's coming from. And I think we have that the loss of that, I think the loss of nose to tail eating is contributing to this chronic disease. And so when you look at, let's just focus on liver, right? Since it's the kind of powerhouse, when you look at organs, you have the, the nutrients you have are basically, well, I'll name the nutrients and I'll, and I'll, I'll connect the dots. But so basically you have like vitamins A, vitamins B and all the vitamin Bs, like particularly B12, you have vitamin C, D, E, and K. You have essential minerals like iron, potassium, calcium, copper, um, magnesium, selenium, uh, phosphorus, zinc. You have folate. And if, you, and if you'll notice all these minerals and vitamins I'm mentioning, they're all the things that are in prenatals. So the, the, the vitamins and minerals that science is telling us this is what's needed to create life are yeah. all in organ meats. And so I look at that and I go, okay, hold, hold stop the presses. Like, so organ meats are basically mother nature's multivitamin and we're not eating it. Like it's, it's right there for us. It's the most natural multivitamin available to us. And we're not eating it. Like, how can I solve that? Yeah. Which is awesome. I, I'm just kind of like letting that impact me for a minute. Cause you know, I, I haven't spent a ton of time like researching why organ meats are, are good. So I'm so glad you're on to like fill in those holes. Cause I, I know they are. And then I get people like my husband who are like, ew, why would you eat in liver? Like that's where all the stuff gets detoxified. But like, there's so much power in there due to that, I think. Um, and well, you, you just brought up a really good myth and I'd love to address yeah. that if we can. Do it, so, <laughs> so the myth is, is that the organ is where toxins are stored, right? Cause we're, they're, they're a filtration system, right? So we think like that, but the reality is, is that actually not. So, so the organs are, really the place where the toxins are being broken down into more water soluble conditions so that they can actually leave the body. And that's yeah. really important. So when, it, when an animal is healthy, um, basically you, your, your body is, is it, the organ has all these vitamins and minerals that are designed to break down those toxins. And then they're removing them into the pee, the poop, the sweat, 
And if anything, wherever they, where they do get stored is in the fat, which is key, which is why when people detox, Mm -hmm. um, it's always recommended you detox slowly because if you have built up toxins in your fat, as you lose weight, you're going to feel sick, right? So it all makes sense. But that also brings us to, okay, so if organs are working properly, they're not storing any toxins. Okay. That's key. But then the second piece you got to immediately go to is then, okay, then that means I need to be getting organs. When I purchase my animal, I I need to get them from animals that are healthy. Yeah. Which is really key. Cause if they're not healthy, then, then your husband's right. Okay. Then, then they're probably not working properly, you know, and then you're getting, you know, that's like for humans, we get fatty liver. Like we get fat buildup on our, on our organs when they're not working properly. We, we have other issues that come up. And so, um, you know, like I'll even jump to something. Maybe some people don't know is like the poultry industry. Um, the, the, the chickens when they're being, uh, incubated, well, they're incubated and they're grown in these these places, it's a, it's, it's a seven week process after they've been incubated and it's so fast and they feed them and pump them with so much food that their little organ, their hearts and organs are still seven weeks old, but the rest of their body looks like it's 20. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're basically like equivalent to like a 3000 pound baby. And so what happens is that most of those chickens, when they do die from that process, it's because they have a heart attack. So yeah, those are probably organs you don't want to be eating. You know what I mean? They're probably, they're just, they're probably not going to be good, but that's why we focus on, you know, grass fed, grass finished cows or, or even, um, um, sheep or lamb. Um, and you want them being treated well, you want them eating proper foods. So important. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up, I haven't, well, I've talked at at sometimes about food quality on here, but you know, so many of us are, it's like, well, what's the difference in the grocery store? And my husband drives me crazy with this. Cause I'm like, like you're beyond where he was when we got married four years ago. Um, you know, but just for those listeners, like it is, there's, there's certain things that really matter. And like our, our quality of meat is, is one of those things. And I think more and more people are going to a plant-based diet, which I've kind of been experimenting with in this new year, but at the same time, there are really valuable nutrients and things that we get from meat, including, you know, the organ stuff that you're. Well, and what's really important is that the vitamins and minerals you're getting from the organs are highly absorbable, which is really, really important because that's not true. Uh, you know, a lot of plants are designed. So animal, so think this Dave Asprey actually recently broke it down like this. And I think it's really brilliant how he said it. So basically like an animal, you've heard of fight or flight, right? So, right. We, and we, we experience this as humans. Like if we're in danger, we can run away mm-hmm. and our bodies are designed to do that. Same with an animal, an animal, when they're in danger, they can either fight back. They can bite you with their teeth. They can, you know, hit you with their antlers or whatever, you know, they have the means to fight you. Plants don't plants have roots. Plants are stuck in the ground. So what they do is they have chemicals to ward off people like animals from eating them. And these chemicals will hurt you. They'll make it so you can't absorb their nutrients. They'll make you sick. You know, there's lots of things these plants do. So if you look at the plant world, there's a lot of plants that are actually not the best for us because you can't actually absorb the nutrients from them. Whereas animal meat, if that animal's raised properly in the right conditions and whatnot, you can absorb everything because there is no chemical in there 
that's warding you off because it the animal's designed differently than that. It can it can leave itself or it can fight fend you off itself if it needed to. So the meat, the the product that comes from the animal is in a sense um, not harmful to you from a certain perspective. And then the people that are kind of concerned about, well, you know, um, it just feels ethically better to only eat uh, to, to only have vegetables because there's not as much death associated or something like that. And, and sadly, um, if you talk to a farmer who's, you know, working those monocrops and I've talked to many of them, they will tell you there is a lot of death there. You cannot escape the death. The, the animals that are hiding in the fields get mowed down when they start, um, pulling those crops with the machines. It's horror. It's like a, literally a horror show. And I've, you should see the faces of these farmers when I talk to them. It just, it, it looks like they just saw, it, it looks as though they're talking about the death of a loved one. It's horrible. And, and none of them speak highly about it. They say it's the hardest part of the job. So anyone that's kind of delving into that kind of diet for that reason, I would, I would, I would say you might want to find a different reason because there's death in every, every, everything that provides for us is going to, there's going to be death associated. So it's really pick your poison, like pick which one matters to you. But ultimately when I talk to people about diets and just what foods I am so for you follow your process. Like I cannot tell you what to eat, like follow your process, experience whatever you need. If you need to go vegan or plant-based, do it. If you need to go carnivore, do it. Like follow your, your, your instincts around what your body needs. But all I ask is this one thing, whatever the like whatever you do, all I ask is that you listen to your body for the outcome because your mind will play tricks. Your mind will, will kind of like process the ethics and the kind of like the, the marketing, you know, stuff that comes up and it will, it will, it will kind of play tricks on you of what, what's real or not, but your body does not, your body does not joke around. Like if, if something you're eating does not work, you will know because it will show up as a chronic illness. It will show up as like skin issues. Your hair will fall out. You'll get these dark circles under your eyes. If you're not getting good sleep or if you have like a uh, food that you're allergic to, um, you'll, you'll have like, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. You'll have something that comes up. And all I ask is that constantly, constantly just be reevaluating, like checking in on your body because it tells you the truth and then just pivot, pivot, pivot yeah. to something different. Yeah. And you bring up such a valuable point that I think is really hard for us in such a high paced, you know, fast paced society. Cause we're, we're talking largely to, you know, women who have jobs and families and volunteer stuff and all the things. And it's like, we're so disconnected from yeah. ourselves. And so, you know, the first step is really like, you have to tune in long enough to say, does this agree with me or not? Like my own journey, I, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago on, um, like, should you eat meat or not? Just because it's something I get asked a lot and people are like, well, do I need to go plant-based? And, you know, my own journey, like it's, I, I'm just eating less meat. It's like not part of, you know, every single day, but I'm, I'm still eating meat. But I think because of our food quality, we have hit a point where, especially when we're talking like good fat, bad fat, you know, if you're eating conventional meat all the time, you are skewing your ratios of good fats and bad fats and leading yourself more towards, you know, having heart disease and all this stuff. However, that doesn't make meat bad. It just means that you need to get the, like the sourcing has to be there. So. Yeah. And the pressure, I mean, you, you mentioned that like for people that are busy, it's just, the pressure is immense. And I, and my yeah. heart goes out to every, all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm no different from that pressure. It's like, 
gosh, it's like you're restricted by your, your options financially. You're restricted by the options in your environment. Um, you're, you're restricted by your know-how, like how much knowledge you have on it. And then, and then time, right? Yeah. All four of those are key. So it's really, you know, when I look at all that stuff, it's then it's about, okay, well, what's the best choice I can make today? Not the right choice. What's the best choice? Because right or wrong is all subjective. It's like, well, you know, like I know plenty of people that go vegan for three months. They feel great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I know people that do carnivore for a year and they feel great. Great. If that's what your body's calling towards, do it. Yeah. But just keep, keep, keep listening, you know? And, and I, one thing I would say though, is that don't, don't think that your current condition is the norm. Like if you're not thriving and it's kind of similar how we were just talking about the energy, right? Like if you're not yeah. joy, if you're not in a place of joy and if your body is not thriving, then you're not at your norm. And I say that because you're hum the human body is miraculous. Like there is no reason why you should have a rash on your skin all the time. There is no reason why you should have dandruff. There's no reason why you should have, uh, you should be, you know, have flatulence every day, you know, constantly, you know, there's no reason why you, you should not be going to the bathroom daily, if not multiple times daily. There's no reason why you should be having diarrhea. You, you know what I mean? Like these things are not normal. Yeah. Right. So anything that's not you thriving is not normal. And so don't, don't settle for it. You can, we can do better. And all it takes is you just get, getting a little more insular, you know, getting sinking in and that kind of like checking with your body, trying different things, you know, like, for example, I typically, I, I eat primarily, like, I would say, I guess, paleo, I mostly eat like some vegetables and, and meat. And, um, and I just, the other day I had some of those Mary's gone crackers, right. And those are yeah. a grain, those are a grain based cracker, but it's like, it's, it's not like, I can't even remember what grain, I think it's flax. It's some, it's seed or something. Maybe they're yeah. on grains. Maybe it's just seeds, but I don't normally have those. And I totally noticed my body. Like I was more flatulent than I normally am. It's like, okay, well, I enjoyed them, but that's a sign that maybe I shouldn't be eating these all the time. My body doesn't like it, you know? And so it's a constant, like, you know, checking in, check in, check in, you know? I just take, I mean, it doesn't take long to tune in and just say like, did that agree with me? Did that not? Like, you know. And sometimes this is where it gets really fascinating is sometimes, you know, before you've even eaten it, like mm -hmm. your body, you know, cause we were talking a second ago, right. About the, the kind of metaphysics, right. It's like the, yeah. technically, even the thought of eating it can tell you whether it's going to work for your body or not. Yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, I know we're going, <laughs> we're diving into more esoteric, you know, um, waters, but I have, I've literally gone to, 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 to grab something like ice cream and I, and then my stomach starts like turning Yeah. Like right away. And it's like, Oh, it wasn't turning before I grabbed that ice cream. And that's probably a sign that this isn't, this is not something I need, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking about listening, I'm like, I'm like, listen, listen, even before you grab the food, it's fascinating. It really is. Well, and even as, I mean, I'm going to get really esoteric on people here, but my clients all know this about me. I actually, I uh, like self muscle test any supplements yeah. I take. And, yeah. you know, so I'll ask, I'm like, do I need this? And I do the two, two ring things. And, um, 
it's been really interesting to just kind of watch my body evolve. And like, there's been time periods where like, really, I didn't need anything extra. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going through a parasite cleanse and detox again right now. And that's something I do with people, but yeah, that's a great thing to do. So, yeah, Yeah, that's so great. Uh, And, and I, I, I'm like, I even going back to food, even like I, I look Mm -hmm. at it even from like, okay, when I'm making a meal, whether it's for myself or my family, like what intention is in, is, is in me as I make this meal, you know, and I used to particularly have a lot of focus around that when I was cooking for clients, I would put love and intention, like, Oh, I want them to digest this well. And I mean, I know people that are sensitive to gluten who just by being in a place of joy, when they're eating the spaghetti, the regular glutinous spaghetti, that would affect how their body digested it and then how it processed it. So they weren't, they, they weren't allergic to gluten. Obviously, if you're allergic that you can't do this, but if you're just sensitive to it, even the state you're in when you're eating it can affect how, how, how it turns up in your body. So it's just, you never want to discredit that. And if anything, when we're talking to busy parents, that is something to consider. It's like, maybe before you start eating, take a breath. Yeah. Right. Maybe before you take, you make your food choice, take a breath. Just take a breath. Sometimes it's that simple. Just take a moment yeah, and be like, what's going to be the best thing I can do today for me or my family's health. And maybe instead of grabbing Coke, you grab water. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? It can be, it can be such a subtle shift. It can be just a subtle movement, but it can have huge impact on your health. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that idea of intention because I feel like we've, I know like my kitchen table is currently blocked by the screen behind me because it's covered in stuff because we haven't eaten at it and you know, who knows how long. And just, I had another conversation around like how much we've lost and kind of losing the sitting at the table. And, you know, I I think of like in Europe where a meal is, it's not something to be rushed through to get to your next thing. It's like you spend time, you have social time, you're, you know, just kind of, I think of the movie eat, pray, love when she's in Italy and like, you know, they're, I lived in Europe for a period and like, there's just this enjoyment around food and how much could shift if we, you know, we need to change our food quality too, but (laughs) just bringing some of that intentionality around what the meal serves, you know, not just nutritionally, but emotionally. And, and and you can, you know, I would, I would say, I totally agree with you. And I would say that try to create that in your own home, you know I mean? So like, you know, creating a welcoming environment to have, uh, meals at the table. I mean, cause I, I've definitely, uh, I remember reading this and then also talking to some families that had some, what I judged to be like some really just great kids, just, just really like kids that are contributing to society in a way they're obviously adults at that point. Cause I'm looking at their parents as like models. And I, and I asked all of them, I'm like, so what, what do you attribute towards why your kids are so just balanced? And and this is true from the people I talked to, but I've also heard this from, from books that talk about success. They said, well, it's, it's, it's the family eating together daily. It's just, just having that table time. It was just dinners. We only committed to dinners, but we always ate dinner together. And I find that with my own family, it's a time of connecting. There's no screens, there's no phones, there's no distraction. And you just kind of get to look each other in the eye. You get to say, how was your day? My family and I, we do this kind of, um, Um, my wife started this. So it's like, we say, 
what what did you learn and 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 what inspired you so what what were those two things or you know i i think she words in a different way but it's like that basically that it's like yeah what, what inspired you today and what did you learn and we go around the table and we just talk about that or sometimes it's like what are you grateful for what did you learn you know i think that's that's how we word it i love it yeah and so many of us are missing that connection with our kids and with our Oh, and time, right? I mean, the busy yeah. per- we all know, all of us know time is going so fast. It's so fast. We, we, our kids are growing so fast. And if we don't, if we don't take these moments, then we are going to wake up and be in that kind of regret place later on. I mean, it's just, it, you talk to everyone and they will say, anyone that's a grandparent will say, oh my gosh, yes, it goes so fast. I wish I had known this when I was younger. Yeah. And, um, and so here, you know, okay, let me add, let me, let me give some value um, to, cause we're, I want to, I want to give some hard, hard tips, like of what someone who's got a busy schedule can do to start eating from home and, and kind of have more meals that are made from scratch. And the first one I would say is meal planning. Meal planning is a tool that is hugely underutilized by people. And it's, life-changing. And, and I know it sounds, it can sound daunting. It's like, what, I have to spend an hour or two and I have to meal plan. It's like, well, here's, here's how you can do it really easily. You can get a a subscription to like Bon Appetit or whatever, or buy the, a a cookbook or even grab one that's already on your shelf. Okay. It doesn't matter. Bon Appetit magazine or something similar, or just grab a cookbook, get it from the local library. If you don't have it, whatever you want. And then literally just spend some time, a little bit of time, go through that book and have a bunch of, you know, pieces of paper, a bookmark. And the minute you see a recipe that just looks cool, like flag it and write it down. Okay. This is what we're going to have on Monday and then find your next. Oh, okay. This is what we're going to have Tuesday. And to build, build them, like make, create a list basically that is the starts of your meal plan. But here's the thing, you can't stop there because then you have to look at your schedule and go, okay, does this match my schedule? Because this is new stuff. Like this is this, and definitely don't choose complicated recipes, obviously, but like simple stuff. But let's just say on Wednesday, you're like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I've got none, I've got back to back meetings. There's no way I'm, I'm going all the way to five, you know, whatever it is. There's no way I'm going to be able to make this. Okay. So then go back and find a slow cooker meal. So slow, any busy day you have, grab a slow cooking meal. Cause what, with a slow cooking meal, you set it in the morning in your slow cooker, your pressure cooker, and then you, you set it. And most of them will even let you set in the time and then you walk away and it's ready for you when you're done, you know, and it's still hot. Maybe throw in some kind of like the, you know, green leafy vegetable while it's still steamy and let the steam kind of you know, cook that at the very end or something like that, but then you have your meal. So on the days that you're really busy, you don't, you don't need to actively cook. It's something you do in the morning. And then on the other days, um, pick them appropriately. Like maybe, uh, this other day, you know, you're going to only have 30 minutes to make your, your meal. So pick a recipe that kind of fits that time frame. but ultimately the meal planning can be even be simpler. It can be just following a formula. It can just be like pick a protein, pick a vegetable and pick a fat or starch if you eat starches or both, you know, so maybe, maybe this, so maybe it's four things. So a protein, a vegetable, 
a fat. So those three for sure. And then depending on your diet, a starch or nuts or no starch. And then literally just pick a different one for each day. And that's it. And then all you're doing is you're just adding them in a stir fry. It's that simple. You're just literally putting them in a pan, stir frying it, and it's done. But the power of the meal plan is not only just having it, having you know what you're eating in the weekday and having it fit to your schedule, but it also protects you when you go grocery shopping. You're not making any emotional um, purchases. You know, you're just following the the list. This is what I need, and you just go off your list. So now you're even saving money because you're not. You're not choosing that thing that's on sale that you actually don't need. You're just buying because it was cheaper that day. Um, so you're sticking to your list and in it, hopefully it keeps you from making any kind of like, you know, purchases that are going to hurt your health, you know, like those dessert purchases and things like that. And then, and then I guess I would lastly just classify. It's like, it takes the pressure off. You know, we, we, we forget how much pressure it is to, get off of work at five when you're already tired, you know, you already have decision fatigue by then. And then to then have to be like, Oh, what are we having for dinner? Like, it's really hard to make a decision when you're already fatigued. And that's why so many people go to, Oh, let's just get pizza again. You know, let's just do this. And then you feel like a jerk because you're feeding your family pizza all the time, or you're, you know, you're getting food out to go and there's no way to be healthy when you're eating out. It's just, it's impossible. Yeah. Very true. Those are really good tips. And I love the, I talk about that. I created something that I call slim goals, which are things that are sustainable and life-giving and intentional and mindful. And so you're kind of talking about meal planning almost in that context of, you know, paying attention to your schedule and being realistic about what you can take on and then finding things that are going to work in your life, like to actually create that. So we talk a lot, like this is a newer concept, but um, you know, in the past, it was talked a lot about when you have a business plan, you know, and we used to always talk about business plans and it was all about like, go, 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 go. And it was all about like multitask, multitask, multitask. Well, you know, about 10 years ago, we realized actually that's BS, like multitasking does not work. And we've learned since then that creating a business plan that does not include a health plan is not realistic because if it's, it's the age old, you know, advice um, when you're on an airplane, Uh, You got to put your oxygen mask on first before you support anyone else, right? Well, the same thing goes with your business. You know, it's like if you are so busy that your own health is is being sacrificed, then how are you going to help others? Like, how are you going to maintain your business? How are you going to keep helping other people? You are more effective when you are rested, when you are fed proper, you know, good food, when you are taking care of it, when you're exercising, all those things. So your business plan needs to include your health plan. It just, it's just that's what that's. Jeff Bezos, so all the most successful people, that is what they are doing. Yeah. Every one of them. Jeff Bezos talks about it all the time. Yep. They have to go hand in hand. And we were talking before we hit record, you know, I think we have similar backgrounds or stories of just not having that built in. I know I didn't with my my first business. And even, you know, for our listeners, you don't have to have a business for this to apply, right? Like no. it's called your life plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> the people that women I talk to are struggling. Like I, I ask questions now in my intake, like, do you take care of yourself? Do you, you know, make time for rejuvenating activities? They all answer no. Um, so we're we're talking to you right now too. Um and, 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 and you know the best thing you can do, I think when you're approaching 
I mean, honestly, anything is to be open-minded, you know I mean? I think, I think it's funny because my wife's a functional nutritionist. So, you know, I, and, and, and I've just worked with lots of nutritionists and my, you know, as a chef, I've, I've always partnered with them in, in my career. And, um, the thing that's always surprises me is that when people start working with somebody, finally, they all come to the table thinking they've already got it figured out. And I'm just like, well, you may think you're being healthy, but I promise you, you're not, you're not, no one is as perfect as they think they are, or as good as they think they are And there. And we're usually the things that we're hiding from other people and not wanting other people to know the ugly truths of how we eat or whatever, you know, whatever word you want to use. Um, those are the things that we need the most support with. So coming to the table with that open mind and just being like, yeah, help me. I would love help. And I, I even, even, I mean, I've been in the field 16 years, I'm a chef and I love it when someone else cooks for me. I love it. Right. Like I love coming to the table and be like, yes, what do you got? What do you got? I don't know at all. I'd love to experience your favorite food, you know? And, and I just, I don't know. I think about that a lot, you know, and of, fusing kind of our lives with some kind of i guess spirituality of like like just being open palmed or open to something bigger than us or open to not being the expert at every point of our lives even if you are truly an expert absolutely i know i'm always learning and so i encourage everybody who's listening to always be in that you know just it's kind of like this curiosity and having curiosity not only for the things around us but also for ourselves and like we have to experience something i've been reading a lot of joe dispenza recently because um, yeah i'm in a course on neuroplasticity so he's actually one of the instructors for it but you know when we do the same thing all the time every single day like we wake up the same way we you know have our same bowel movement and shower and drink our coffee and drive to work the same way and you know do the same things and come home and watch our show like our brains never get any input that's new and so they literally stop that's like we're not working that muscle anymore and they just stop growing and developing and building new connections and so having that you know curiosity and lifelong learning and just doing something differently. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and this, this, this kind of segues actually going back to pluck. Cause I realized I haven't talked about yeah, pluck. Much, I know. I was going to say, we can talk about <laughs> people that. People are like, what is pluck? They're listening to this going yeah. like, okay, you guys talk about organ meats, but what, what is pluck? Um, what, one thing that totally ties into this is that it, it, our palates, you know, so talk about like, and this is something that anyone that's busy with their schedule, but then has to deal with picky eating. Right. So mm-hmm. Holy moly. Like if anyone listening is making multiple meals for their family, because someone's picky, you need to stop right now because you are, you are supporting the pickiness. When we, when we basically tell our kids that it's okay, like, like we're going to make a whole chicken, but you get these little dino shaped chicken pieces because the whole chick, you know, like whenever we do anything that's separate, from what we're doing, we're a creating, making it harder for us as parents, but we're also basically enabling the picky eating. And we're assuming this is kind of where I'm going is that we're assuming that the kid doesn't want to be adventurous. We're assuming that whatever they said they don't like is constant. And that's just not true. Our palates are ever changing. They always change. 
and it, anyone with a baby can 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 agree with me because they can go like, yeah, my baby didn't when they tried that pureed spinach, they didn't like it that one day, but then I tried again a week later and they did eat it, right? So we yeah. we get our palates change. And, and if we don't provide that stimulus or that change, like you were just talking about, then they just stay the same. They never, we, we never get outside. And then it becomes even more emotional and like comfort zone-ish, right? So then we, we add on a layer of like, okay, our palates aren't familiar with this new taste, but now our emotions are tied to the safety of not trying something new, right? So you build upon it. And what I love about organ meats and particularly pluck is that a, you're getting the nutrients that we talked about earlier into your, your diets. So you're getting that, but you don't get that organ taste. So you're not dealing with the pickiness that comes with eating organs. And what you get is just a flavorful seasoning that's nutrient dense and you're seasoning food, just like you would any, anything. And what we find is that kids love pluck. They just love it. And what I love about that is I'm like, yeah. And did you know, it's changing your kid's palate. Because the umami in the pluck starts to inspire other flavors. So they start eating pluck. They don't know it's organ meat. You don't have to tell them it's organ meat. Just tell them it's a tasty thing and put it on things like popcorn, put it on all their favorite foods, you know, and, and they'll just love it. They'll just be like, oh, I want more. I want more. Yeah. But what you're slowly doing as a parent is you're also introducing an umami flavor to your kid's palate, which is going to support them to start wanting more savory foods. Mm. So you're actually inspiring your, your child's to chemistry, their biology, their palate to change. And it's not even, it's like, it's a bonus. You didn't even know you were yeah. going to start creating an adventurous eater because of it. That's awesome. And that's really good insight. Cause I know I've, that's most parents. Like I, I generally can get my kid to try just about anything, whether or not he'll choose to keep eating it. <laughs> it's debatable, right. but speaking of pluck, cause you sent me some to try before we, we talked. So I made, um, let's see, I'll just share what I made. So it's for those listening, it's seasoning, you know, you add it to whatever I've put it on chickpeas cause I had chickpeas on a salad. That was delicious. Oh, nice. Chickpeas yeah. are like great with anything. Um, and I made some chicken with it and did like a stir fry, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, my, my typical, meal prepping and, and cooking is like, I have vegetables and meat and my teenagers still like starch. So I'll, I'll cook something for that. But, you know, and getting back to that, not cooking multiple meals, like maybe I don't eat every part of a meal that I cook or, or whatnot, just cause I don't eat gluten or starches or whatnot, but everyone still gets mostly the same thing. Right. right. Um, you're not, it's not like you're creating two starches or right. It's two like proteins. One. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know on that note too, one thing we do in my household that I find really helps because it's really like, what is the thing that the family is really varied on? It's usually the vegetable, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really the vegetable that becomes like the, uh, the kid won't eat this or that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing that I recommend is, 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 so we have something that we know is like, makes us happy as parents. And we know the kids will eat and it's called cultured vegetables. So it's kind of like pickles. It's, it's very, it's something you buy in the store and it looks, or you can make it as well, but I'm just saying it, it has a, a kind of sourness that pickles might have, but it's, it's cabbage usually or right. beet bait. I mean, it's, it's vegetable based. And so we, and it, it's something you can have in your refrigerator all the time. It doesn't go bad. 
So we always have it on hand. So no matter what we make that day, because like one of my daughters just silly raw spinach, but she doesn't like cooked spinach. So if, if we make something like cooked spinach, we always just put out culture vegetables and say, you guys pick which one you want. You just have to have one. I don't care which one you, you know, so we provide yeah. options that meet our requirements, but mm-hmm. also give the child choice. Right. Yeah. And that's really, yeah. I guess I'm, I, I wanted to clarify that because I didn't want parents to think I'm telling you to not to create an even harder situation for yourself where you're having to sit at the table and watch your kid force down, you know, put all this pressure on them to eat something they don't want to eat. What I'm saying is give them the options, but make sure they're options that meet your criteria and not the kid's criteria. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's really good. I like that. Good insight. Um, Cool. So back to pluck because we keep getting off of this. Right? I know. <laughs> so, and I, I'm one of those people. Like, man, because I know organ meats are great. So I have tried to make liver so many different ways. I've made liver and onions, and like, I put it in, and there's like the texture, and I just, I, I automatically gag. It's no matter what I've, I've tried. So I'm so excited about what you have because. So share with us a little bit about it's a seasoning, and I'm assuming just based on your knowledge and all of that, that we're maintaining a lot of the benefits of organ meats and, you know, they're coming from quality sources in the seasoning itself. Yes. So, so we've done, we've curated, you know, we've sourced it for you. So we, we get, uh, it's five organs, it's liver, heart, spleen, pancreas, and um, uh, kidney. And we've, we're sourcing them from uh, New Zealand right now. That's where actually most of the organ supplements come from. So they okay. come from New Zealand because New Zealand is an island and they can, and it's also an economy that is focused on cattle. So that's one yeah. of their big, biggest economies there. And they really maintain very clean standards, uh, grass fed, grass finished. And because of their climate and the island nature, they can really control those environment, their environment. And so extremely high quality sources of organs come from New Zealand. Like I said, pretty much, I would venture that 90% of the supplements that are out there that have organs in them are coming from New Zealand. It's that it's, it's kind of that prevalent. So that's, we're sourcing the exact same product and we're sourcing it freeze dried because freeze dried is, is similar to dehydrating in the sense that you're removing moisture and you're concentrating whatever the product is, and it's not necessarily cooking the product, but it's actually even lower temperatures than dehydrating. So, so freeze drying the organs is, is considered the best way to preserve the product without destroying the nutrients, okay. which is key, right? Cause if we're going to yeah. eat organs, we want to make sure that we're getting those nutrients because um, yeah. heat destroys vitamins, right? So that's why, um, when we get that freeze dried and powdered organ meat, what we're doing is we're combining it with or- organic spices and herbs to offset that organ taste that you, you mentioned that makes you gag. So not only does it taste good, but it's also, we recommend you finishing your product with it. Now, of course you can cook with it as well, but we recommend you sprinkle on it afterwards to maximize those nutrients. Um, yeah. Since the heat destroys, you know, vitamins right. and minerals. Yeah. But what you get is basically an all-purpose seasoning that's very versatile. You can put it on anything, fish, chicken, vegetables, tofu, you know, whatever your thing is, uh, garbanzo beans, whatever. Yeah. Um, literally, I put it on salads. I just sprinkle it right on my raw salad. Um, 
but you can put it on pretty much everything. It, it enhances the flavor of whatever you add it to. And then it gives you that micro dosing of those nutrients. Cause obviously when you're sprinkling a seasoning on, you're not getting huge doses, but the way we kind of talk about pluck is it's micro dosing plus frequent use because we want you to use it on everything equals cumulative effect. So by doing a little bit all the time, you will get the effects of these, these organ meats and you'll get them easily and you'll get them from quality sources and they'll never push you into a danger zone because you're getting yeah. a micro dosing opposed to like, you know, tons, yeah. tons of it at once. Yeah. Cause as you said, it's a lot of vitamin content and all of that. And one thing I was thinking of when you were talking about, you know, what all is in organ meats in terms of vitamins and minerals and all that is particularly in Alaska, but I think this is true elsewhere. Like I, I do a lot of lab testing with my clients now, and I've keep coming across women who are producing thyroid antibodies because their iodine is shot and they have like no selenium and no, you know, and a lot of that is due to our soil is very selenium deficient. I've talked to enough farmers up here that they're having to add it to their soil. And so if you're in that category of having symptoms, like this is a great place to just get an influx of soluble vitamins that we can actually digest and use. Cause so many of the vitamins and stuff out there, they have a bunch of other crap and stuff in it, yeah. but, you well, know, making it harder to get that absorbed. So, and synthetic vitamins, uh, don't actually always absorb into your body. Whole food vitamins right. and minerals do typically. So, yeah. So it's really important to get, get your vitamins and minerals from whole food sources. It's interesting about the selenium thing. Cause you know, right. There's selenium in fish, right. And that's huge right. in Alaska. So that's kind of interesting that your soils are low in selenium, but clearly it you is. eat more fish than most people, right? Or, or no? Well, it depends. Like my husband's Alaska native and I think he ate so much salmon growing up and fishing on the river and all that, that he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, we have that. And then we have the people, cause you know, I think in Alaska we're unique because people do moose hunt and, you know, fish. And there's a lot of like, you're actually going out and gathering your food in the summer still like that's still a thing obviously it's supplemented but much more than in the lower 48 um and even with that you know we're missing out on some key elements that i think things like pluck and you know just learning some of this stuff can really help one of the things i do love about so i i, I created pluck as I mentioned, because I wanted to utilize, you know, Mother Nature's multivitamin, you know, the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. How do we get that into our diet? So I, I, as a, you know, a father and a chef, I wanted to make it easy for people, but I also, I wanted to get really good food into my kids, but I wanted to do it easy. I didn't want it to be a headache or, yeah. or a trial and tribulation kind of thing. And so when I created Pluck, I have to say, one of the things that's a huge advantage to that busy parent that I didn't actually know until later, but we, we've already talked about it. It's like, like you just have those days where sometimes you just need to get that pizza. You know, you need, you need to order out. You didn't plan well, whatever. You just had a day that goes sideways and yeah. you just need to order out. And I typically, when I would do that, I wouldn't be the parent that was like, Oh, I'm so happy that I didn't have to cook. Like I was more like, shoot, man, I just, I'm getting pizza again, or I'm getting this oily, greasy Thai food, you know, whatever it was. It was like, I just, I knew that after I ate that meal, I would not feel good physically. And so as a parent, I was like, oh man, I just put my kids in a situation now where they're not going to feel physically good. And 
what actually pluck has done is it makes me feel a little bit better. Cause like, let's say I get that pizza. Well, we sprinkle pluck on the pizza. The kids love it. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got pizza, but at least I also got organ meats into my kid. Like I literally feel better about my choices. Yeah. So not, not only does the food taste better, but now I feel better as a parent. And I just, that, I don't know. I, I didn't know that was going to be the outcome of pluck, but what a win-win. Yeah. No, I, that's really great. I love that. Cause you also bring up a good point of, you know, a lot of the women who listen to the show and that I work with are like the type A personality. So if it's not a hundred percent, it's like, Oh, what the hell I'm throwing in the towel? Like nothing, you know, nothing's going well. And I like that kind of finding it's, it's progress. It's not perfection, right? We're going to have totally. daily, days where we fail. Like we eat out probably more than I would like, especially considering that I'm home all the time. So I'm going to take, you know, I, I can do better at meal planning and all of that myself, but it's like, you can still do something no matter what your day looks like. And I really love that. Yeah. And I think, I think if anything, just we got, like I said, I think I said this near the beginning of like, just do the best you can that day. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's like when we compound, you know, and be hard on ourselves and we compound these emotions, like, ah, oh, you know, you messed up again. You didn't plan your meals properly or you didn't cook it. You, you didn't, cook from scratch, you're eating out again. Like we just add pressure to ourselves. Yeah. And we just, it just makes us feel like crap. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I really do believe that it goes back to what we started talking about initially, which was, you gotta be in joy. Like, like we have to harness joy, not negativity, not hatred, not self-deprecation. Like we really need to make choices that, that support and harness joy. And I know we'll never be perfect at that, but I believe that's the journey is to, to seek out things that bring us joy. Absolutely. And just bringing that to the things that maybe we don't find joy in. We, I right. feel like we could talk, you know, about this all day long, but this is <laughs> one of the last, last things I'll share. And then we'll talk more about where to get pluck and all that. But, you know, I have clients that hate cooking and they're like, it's the last thing I want to do. And, you know, it's horrible and terrible and others that really love it, but they don't know how to make the time for it in their day. And I think what you're talking about is like, just no matter what approaching food and eating and, you know, feeding yourself essentially is what we're talking about with joy will start to change and shift a lot for you. And, that, and there are ways to do that. I mean, like, so, so the person that doesn't like to cook um, or the person that it just, it feels like such a chore. So one thing that you could do is if you have the money is hire someone to do the cooking for you. Right. right. So there's that um, you can find like three or four families that are also in that same spot of like, I just don't want to cook all the time. So then you guys do like a, what do they call those kind of uh, round? I, I forget the name, but like a meal train kind train. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So where you, where you basically each cook one meal a, a day, mm -hmm. um, but you cook enough for every family. And then you're just, you, you, that way you're only cooking, you know, once or twice in a week, you know, so there's ways yeah. to do that. True. You're making more food, but never, everyone needs to know that whether you're cooking for four people or eight people, it's the same amount of time. It's when you get into like 12 or more, that's where it gets different. But mm -hmm. cooking for four to eight people, it's the same. It's basically the same thing. You're just using more food. It's, it's, right. but it doesn't necessarily require that much more of your time. So there's that way. And then the other, the other things you could do if neither of those fit is just, just try to bring joy, try to change 
the perspective. So like when I cook, if I'm having a hard day, I, I put on really fun music and I, and I make my environment joyful or I, um, or I choose a meal that I think it's going to kind of hit like, like we surprisingly have more pasta meals than I, I would even usually recommend, but it's just been like, we just had a series of weeks where it was just like, yeah, today is just a pasta day. Now we have, we're gluten-free and we're, we're, we're not doing any grains right now. So we have like bean pot, like we have um, those bean pastas, but it's still pasta meal. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're sometimes doing those twice a week, but it's just like, it's comfort food for my kids and my wife. They love it. I'm not yeah. really that as into it, but I love it's easy. And it's just like, so pick, pick, pick meals that fit what, what's going to not, not only nourish you, but kind of just like hit that sweet spot of like your emotional need in that moment, but just try to do them in the best way possible. Like that's why I was kind of saying like, well, if you have to have pizza, then at least sprinkle pluck on there. Cause you'll just feel a little bit better. Or maybe if it's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, like anything that's kind of comforting, but maybe just choose a different, a healthier version of it. You know, like, like for us, we're choosing the bean pastas and maybe for you, it might be choosing a grain free pasta, just something that's going to make it a little bit better. Yeah. But still do the comfort part. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I love the whole concept of bringing the joy back into cooking and eating and all, you know, food <laughs> and all that. Cause so many of us were restricted or it's a chore or it's, you know, we've just got, there's so many negative things running about our food and nutrition these days. And it's so hard and all this stuff. So I like and that. And you don't have to be religious to, to when you, when you sit down, you know, you have your meal in front of you, your family's there, hopefully or yeah. if it's just you, you don't have to be religious to take a breath and even like bless the food. Like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a God thing. It can be simply like, may this food nourish my body. May this food digest, you know, well, you know, may I feel joy as I eat this food. You know, even as I say the word joy, my, my face is starting to smile. You know what I mean? Like choose words that feel light. And literally you could just say three things, you know, and, and then eat your meal. But yeah. I, I think it can be that simple initially. Like I, I really don't want people to feel like they're hearing these tips and they're like, oh, this is just another thing to add. It's like, no, honestly, I, the, the, the kind of like if I were to boil down three things to me that are life-changing for our health, I would say drink more water. Mm-hmm. I would say get better sleep. And then I would say focus on your breathing more, like, like taking these little moments of breathing, making sure you're breathing and just kind of relaxing your body. Like those three things are so basic, you know? So like, if you want to improve sleep, maybe don't watch a screen right before you're going to bed, maybe get in bed a little earlier, you know, and just kind of like prepare yourself for sleep, kind of co-create like an environment where you're going to get better sleep and earlier sleep. And it's always better to go to bed earlier than later because you get worse sleep as you go later, drinking more water. That's, that's easy. Just, you know, instead of grabbing that juice or that soda grab some water instead or for every juice or soda you have you have to drink two two glasses of water you know you know just kind of set that up so it's successful and then and then take that and then you can simply change your breathing by taking a breath right before you eat your meal absolutely boom 
three, three really easy steps that, that will lead to the other things. Yes, they will. It's oddly enough. That's where I start with people when they start working with me and we do some nutritional stuff. So (laughs) breathing water (laughs) and you know, the, the sleep comes later, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we could talk for probably like 10 years. About this stuff, but <laughs> where, where can people go to um, get pluck? I know you, you have a website and where can they connect with you? And uh, I'll put everything in the show notes as well. So a uh, website is called eat pluck, P L U C K eat pluck.com. Um, make sure to join our newsletter list on that site because we constantly are doing challenges or ways to get free pluck or reduced price. And we just are constantly having fun. So um, trying to bring the joy. So, yeah. so make sure you join that. And then you can find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook um, at eat pluck. And then my personal one is at chef James Barry. And that's Barry with an A B A R R Y. Uh. Chef James, thank you so much for, <laughs> for joining us. And I I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I think it's going to be really valuable. So I appreciate you and taking the time. Thank you so much, Dr. Oz. Thanks you, thank you for having me and just for being willing to, you, you mentioned this is a different tea than you normally have. So thank you for, thank you for drinking, uh, you know, for experimenting <laughs> with your tea, this, this, this beautiful. Yeah, well, it, it worked out really well. This was like a fabulous conversation. So. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact.